0: Baseball's a funny game. If it bounces your way, we might be able to make some hay this year. We're looking to take another step forward. We're still building for the future. And, you know, everybody's picked, you know, thinking we're going to be real good in 2020, but that doesn't stop all of us from coming to the ballpark every day, preparing and trying and wanting to win that night, that day. You know, I think any kind of shared experience – can help when you're a coach, and we've got a couple guys with experience in it, but in the end, uh, when that ball tips up, it's all about those guys on that court, you know, you've got to get them ready, but they've got to be able to handle the pressure, um, they've got to be able to play through adversity, uh, they've got to be consistent over three days, one thing I always do share with them, there's no more fun in basketball, well, I say that, there's not much more fun in basketball. And winning in St. Louis? Well, I think they should
1: stay the course. They made a plan all in on the youth movement. Keep with the youth movement, keep developing your young players, teach them the fundamentals, teach them the right way, teach them to play as a group, and then when they're ready to come up to the major leagues, they'll be familiar with each other, they'll have camaraderie, they'll have team spirit, and they'll learn how to win in the minor leagues, which means and translates to victories in the major leagues. I feel very confident in our team against anyone. Uh, It doesn't matter what school you name, I'm going to be confident in our team. So it really is just a matter of taking care of the ball on our side of the net,
0: I think he's the perfect fit for any franchise, but especially for the Cubs. They saw something there about it with a guy that wasn't necessarily a flamethrower, which, but a real technician. Was not only that, but a super
1: competitor. And I think it's a great deal for Kyle Hendricks. He called it a life decision. Yeah, that was uh, so far probably the game of the tournament. We knew going into it is going to be you know you know Taco versus Zion in the tournament. You keep these lower seeds close and they, and they can pull it out, pull out at the end. So I think, it, I think it was a wake-up call for Duke. I had a chance to talk to Tariq Cohen. He said that the entire city of Chicago right now believes that there is something more that this team needs
0: to do still.
1: The hunger is certainly there. With Jim
0: Boylan having all of summer league and a full training camp to make sure that he's got the guys running things the way he wants and being able to work in Colby White and Daniel Gafford – and whatever players they manage to add in the free agent market, you know, I think they're going to get off to a much better start. And I think that they should definitely be able to boost their win total at least into the mid 30s to the point where when you get into March and April, they're playing meaningful games with hopefully at least having a possibility of competing for one of those last playoff spots in the East. Hey everybody, Marcus Grant from NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 to score, an ISU Redbird alum. Hey Redbirds, is Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. Now, now time. It's
1: now time for your fifth quarter sports talk.
0: It's Will's fifth quarter special.
1: And here's your host,
2: Will Farlow. Welcome into the 37th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you this evening on June 26, 2019, welcoming listeners to the 37th episode of Will's fifth quarter special. I'm your host, for this evening's edition of the 5th Quarter Sports Talk, where we are talking all things Chicago Bulls. As the NBA draft took place this past week on June 20th, last Thursday, where each NBA team made picks in from 1 to 60 in both the first and the second round, as Any single player that was picked by each team could change their franchise in an instant. And the Bulls made two picks, one in the first round at 7th overall and one at 38th overall in the second round. The Chicago Bulls pick at 7th overall answered the prayers of Bulls fans and the need for a point guard as the Bulls selected Kobe White, the point guard out of North Carolina, 7th overall. That means Kobe White was the first North Carolina Tar Heel picked in the first round by the Chicago Bulls since the all-time great in the NBA history, Michael Jordan. And in the second round, 38 overall, the Bulls selected center from Arkansas, Daniel Gafford. The last big man, power forwarder center from Arkansas that the Bulls picked in a draft was Bobby Portis. So two really good solid players for the Chicago Bulls and not too far away right after the draft coming up starting Sunday evening is the... Free agent frenzy of the NBA will begin. So that's going to be a few weeks that's just full of players going to new teams or re-signing with their current teams, trades happening. It's crazy. And uh, we're going to go over the NBA draft uh, results a little bit, right where the Bulls were ranked at the top 10. So New Orleans selected Zion Williamson. We saw John ja Morant, as the mock drafts reported in the first few picks, Ja Morant going to the Memphis Grizzlies. New York selecting shooting guard and small forward combo player R.J. Barrett from Duke. The Lakers pick that was traded to the Pelicans earlier that day was traded to the Atlanta Hawks, who selected DeAndre Hunter from Virginia. The Cleveland Cavaliers at fifth overall selected a point guard to team with Colin Sexton, getting Darius Garland from Vanderbilt. Phoenix, who traded their pick to the Minnesota Timberwolves, selected Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech, leaving the Bulls open for Kobe White at seven. So that was a good first seven picks in the NBA draft, and the Bulls got the player they were looking for. They needed a point guard to develop with this young core that is the youngest starting five and overall team in the NBA. So we have a special guest appearance on the show. We had him on last year covering the NBA draft pre, but we got him on this time for the draft recap. It is somebody that's very well respected at NBC Sports Chicago. He's done a lot of work with the uh, various teams, especially the Bulls. He's on a lot of their shows. Uh, He's been on Sports Talk Live numerous times, but he's very well-respected in Chicago sports. I interviewed NBC Sports Chicago's Mark Schinowski on the Chicago Bulls and what they did in the draft at pick 7 and 38. What we could see from players in Kobe White and Daniel Gafford and why they were the right fits to pick in the draft for the Chicago Bulls and how they could fit this long-term young core that we're building here on the in the Windy City, and how uh, Jim Boylan, the head coach for the Chicago Bulls, connects with Kobe White pre-draft. We talked a little bit about free agency, kind of what Mark feels we could see happen with the Bulls as they need to add some veteran players, and we're going to get into all things Chicago Bulls post-draft and pre-free agency. Here is that interview with NBC Sports Chicago's Bulls expert, Mark Shanowski.
1: So, Mark Janowski on Will's fifth-quarter special. Uh, Mark, we had you on last year for the draft. We're glad to have you back here for this draft recap. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fine, thanks.
1: So, I know you could probably agree with me that this draft was a big win for the Chicago Bulls. You get a point guard that they were looking for in Kobe White out of North Carolina, the first draft pick in the first round for the Bulls from North Carolina since Michael Jordan. Then you get Daniel Gafford at center. So, if you can kind of give me a brief idea of what you've seen from these two players since they've come to the city, Uh, what you think of them, and uh, how you feel that they could be the right pieces for the Chicago Bulls.
0: Yeah, they had the formal press conference on Monday at the Advocate Center, and I had a chance to interview both of those young men individually. I was impressed by both guys. They're uh, very poised, very professional for such a young age, and willing to roll up their sleeves and go to work immediately, trying to make an impact as quickly as they can at the NBA level. Colby White is exciting, a six-five combo guard who's got blazing speed. He reminds me a lot of De'Aaron Fox, who had a breakout year with the Sacramento Kings. And he's kind of that one-man fast break player who can take an outlet pass and really create something in transition. I think he's not as uh, polished of a scorer as Derrick Rose was coming into the NBA, but he has that extra gear that I think fans will be really excited to, to watch him and see what he can bring to the Bulls. Gafford is a, is a 6'11 athlete who can run the floor, who can finish on the fast break. He can block shots. Uh, he's a good rebounder. I think he's going to give them a nice second-team presence behind Wendell Carter Jr. in the post. And I think both guys, you know, there'll be a learning curve as they come into the NBA, but I think as they get stronger and they learn the pro game a little bit, I think they'll both be really good contributing players, and, and hopefully Kobe White will be their uh, starting point guard for years to come.
1: If you got to just uh, you know, going a little more in depth with Kobe White. I know we know he has a connection with Jim Boylan in terms of the meeting they had before the draft. So, kind of fill us in a little bit on that and kind of what your thoughts are with uh, him being what he calls himself, well coached and being able to play with any type of coach.
0: Yeah, when Kobe White came in for an interview with the Bulls before the draft, uh, Jim Boylan had broken down some film clips to show some of the positives that he saw in his game and also some of the things that he needs to work on. And Kobe really took that to heart. Uh, he said that the meeting with Jim Boylan was the best that he had with any coach on the on team visits that he had. And I think that, you know, Jim's be demanding at times. He wants to make sure his guys will put in extra work in the weight room and in film study. And I think Kobe will be receptive to that. Uh, he'll take He'll take the hard coaching. He'll take constructive criticism. And I think that's only going to help him be a better pro in the long run. People don't, you know, may not realize that when he came to North Carolina, he was expecting to be the starting shooting guard. And because of a need they had at the point guard position, they slid him over to play that spot. That's not really what he's been throughout his career. You know, he measured in at the combine at just under six five, so he's always viewed himself as a scoring off guard. And he's still learning, you know, what it takes to be the best you can as a point guard. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a, a learning curve for him as he comes to the NBA level, but. I think in time the Bulls will be really happy with uh, the player that they got in Kobe White.
1: And just to get a little more in-depth while we have you here on um, Daniel Gafford as well, I know you guys talked about it over on the Bulls Talk podcast. You know, he, he did talk to Bobby Portis. You know, he, he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he wasn't picked first round like he was expecting. He was able to luckily get picked by the Bulls in the second round. How do you feel like that could maybe even improve his playing, you know, a good character individual like Gafford to – really be what the Bulls need to maybe back up uh, Wendell Carter and O.R. marketing
0: Yeah, it's interesting. He uh, had applied for the draft last year, and a lot of people thought that he was going to be a first-round pick. He decided to pull his name out of the draft and go back to Arkansas, hoping that he would be a lottery pick this year. And unfortunately, even though his numbers were better uh, I think it's just the way the trend is now in the NBA where teams all want their big guys to shoot threes and and be able to switch out on the smaller guards. That A lot of teams just viewed him as more of an old-school center, a uh, Clint Capella type, if you will, a guy who will roll the rim and finish on uh, fast breaks and slam dunks for alley-oop passes, that you know maybe he wouldn't be a great fit at the pro level. But the Bulls are excited about his, his potential. He's a really good athlete. He can block shots. He should be a positive defensive presence right away. And as he puts in the work in the gym and expands his shooting range, I think you'll see him become a better player at the offensive end as well. So even though most of the focus is going to be on Kobe White and what he can bring as a potential starting point guard, I think they're really going to like what they get from Daniel Gafford as well. You know, Summer League starts early this year. The Bulls' first game is July 5th in Las Vegas, and and I'm looking forward to seeing what these two guys can do.
1: And you just got to talk about it right here. Free agency is coming up. We know you guys have a big free agency special coming up on Sunday on NBC Sports Chicago with the Bulls Talk podcast crew. And there's always expecting the unexpected is what I like to say. We say it a lot on this show with anything sports, and that's especially going to be NBA free agency coming up. You know, There's a lot of players that we expect to see go to different teams. And if you're the Chicago Bulls, the youngest team in the NBA, I'm sure you can agree, they really could use – some good veteran pieces like maybe uh, I know one you have mentioned before you're a fan of uh, Corey Joseph by chance so can you kind of go in depth with us for a little bit on what you think the Bulls should do in free agency and maybe how a guy like Corey Joseph or another player or two could really fit the Bulls uh, direction.
0: Yeah when Corey Joseph came into the league he was drafted by the San Antonio Spurs where Jim Borland was an assistant coach for Greg Popovich and obviously Jim has a working relationship with Corey I think they feel like he can be a good two-way player, a good defensive guard, and also someone who will run the offense, make sure the ball gets to the shooters when they need it. Uh, he can push the ball in transition. He's not a great three-point shooter, but he's he's competent from that level. Um, I think they feel like if they want to have Kobe White come off the bench initially, that Corey Joseph would be a good stopgap kind of guy who could start for you for a half a year or an entire year while Kobe White learns the pro game and eventually lets the young guy take over that starting spot. Now the thing that you have to realize is that Corey Joseph made almost $8 million as a backup player for the Indiana Pacers last year, and if he's going to leave a playoff team in Indiana to come to a team that's still in the rebuilding process with the Bulls, you know, the Bulls may have to overpay to bring him in or really anybody on the free agent market. Uh, Brian Windhorst mentioned on the uh, Zach Lowe podcast that he wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls make an aggressive move to try to get Malcolm Brogdon from Milwaukee. Brogdon is a restricted free agent, which means the Bucks can match any offer. And since they came so close to getting to the finals this past year, most people believe that they will match any reasonable offer on Malcolm Brogdon. But because money is only tied up for three days on restricted free agents, don't be surprised if, if the Bulls don't, uh, you know, come out, out of the gate and make an aggressive offer for Brogdon, and then if that doesn't work out, if the Bucks match on him, then they can move down to guys like Corey Joseph and, and Darren Collison and Patrick Beverly and players like that.
1: Just a quick thing to finish off the interview while we have here, Mark. Whatever a team does in the offseason can impact what they do next year. Bulls need to try and recover from the 22-1 they had last year through this rebuild. Do you see that happening with this team, the way they are built currently and the way they could be built? Can we see that next year?
0: Yeah, I think they definitely have the potential to make a big jump next season. I think last year they would have won a lot more in 22 games if the roster hadn't been decimated by injuries. You know, we had Lowry Markkinen have a serious elbow injury one of the first days of training camp, and then both Chris Dunn and Bobby Portis went out with knee sprains. They were out for like six weeks, and by the time they finally had a healthy roster – uh, the Bulls had made a coaching change, so Jim Boylan took over at midseason and tried to implement a system with players you know, having gone through training camp with a different coach. So there were a lot of different reasons why the team didn't click on, on all cylinders. And, and I think that with Jim Boylan having all of summer league and you know, full training camp to make sure that he's got the guys running things the way he wants and being able to work in Kobe White and Daniel Gafford and whatever players they managed to add in the free agent market, You know, I I think they're going to get off to a much better start, and I think that they should definitely be able to boost their win total at least into the mid-30s to the point where when you get into March and April, they're playing meaningful games with hopefully at least having a possibility of competing for one of those last playoff spots in the East.
1: So, Mark, we want to thank you for your time on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you here on Will Fifth Special. Keep up the good work with the Bulls Talk podcast. Listeners, if you haven't heard of this show, you definitely got to check it out, and As Mark mentioned earlier on here in this interview, they have a draft, a free agency special coming up.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's coming up Sunday at at 6.30 on NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, Kendall Gill is going to join me. Also, NBC's national uh, insider, Tom Haverstrow, will be with us. We'll go over all the initial moves on free agency as the market opens for business at 5 o'clock, and we'll also take a look at the Bulls' needs and what they might do. And who knows? Maybe they will do something bold in that opening 90 minutes. So that special is coming up this coming Sunday, June 30th at 6.30 on NBC Sports Chicago. So we encourage everybody to tune in and uh, see what see how the fireworks start as we get this free agent period going. So, Mark, I want
1: to thank you for your time on the show. Keep up the good work over there at NBC Sports, and
0: best of luck to you moving forward, sir. All right, Will. Thanks for having me. So that was some great
2: insight and fifth quarter sports talk we just had in that interview with NBC Sports Chicago's Mark Janowski, uh, very good things to say about both players Mark had about in Kobe White and Daniel Gafford believes, as I could agree as well, they could really add good uh, qualities and uh, just add to that culture of the Chicago Bulls. They both are good character individuals. And if you saw that press conference, Mark and I talked about it a little bit, uh, you know, the press conference with introducing those two players to the Bulls organization as a new pieces uh, to the team moving forward. These two players have really good character from what you can see right off the bat. Uh, And Kobe White, you're getting a guy that can score in transition. uh, Very good on the perimeter. He has the speed they need at point guard, they need the athleticism. We haven't had that uh, on the Bulls at point guard since Derrick Rose. And, you know, he's a really good player that could just, I think, when you picture Levine, Kobe White, Otto Porter Jr., Lowry Markinen, and Wendell Carter Jr. as a starting five, that is an incredible. Starting five. A really good young core. Otto Porter's a good veteran. Real good three and D shooter. But Levine and White, and then you have a guy like Gafford in the backcourt. You know, in the front court you have a guy like and in the in the back and in the front court you have a guy like Daniel Gafford who could really get to the ball well. Good rebounder. Uh, we've been missing that uh, since we traded. Uh, Bobby Portis, you know, Robin Lopez going to free agency. But these guys can really add to that core of the team. So that was a really good chat uh, we had on all things Chicago Bulls. So now we're going to get to the final segment of the show everyone enjoys. It's Will's sports movie moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-host, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern-day sports. Listeners can hop onto the podcast Facebook and Twitter page and post their own sports movie moment favorite and have a chance to have it read on future Will's 5th quarter special episodes. So my sports movie moment choice is actually going to be Glory Road. It's uh, a favorite movie of mine growing up and uh, you know, to a lot of basketball fans, it's a true story about uh, a team in Texas. It was a commuter school known as Texas Western College or known as UTEP now, but you know, this is a team that, you know, got a new coach, Don Haskins. He was a girls basketball coach in high school at the time. And this is 1965, so it's a different time period, uh, you know, the whole civil rights thing going on. But he brought in African-American players and some other players as well. So he um, he kind of just changed the dynamic, you know, with the team. And uh, it was just really interesting to see – the way that team made history, you know, they and the way it compares to the Bulls, especially, I think, is the scene where Don Haskins is at, uh, like the college recruitment camp. You know, watching high school players, uh, that can go into college. You know, players that might not be uh, high on the board or low on the board are there. They're playing in the, this game, and it's like a showcase, basically, like we see today—the high school showcase, McDonald's showcase. But he's watching the players, you know, and there's his two assistant coaches. Uh, just pointing out some good players for him to go talk to. Some of them he didn't. He talked to one named Jason uh, from Chicago in the movie, who didn't go to the team, but they end up, you know, beating him in a game with the team later in the movie. But uh, you have to, you gotta see the movie to find out more about that. But he's watching a point guard. It's an African American player on the bench comes in and just plays incredible. Bobby Joe Hill. Don Haskins found a guy that. You know, could really be a leader for his team, had real good energy, and just heart. You know, that's what you want to look for to keep a good player. And this compares to the Bulls. You know, it's kind of like what we were talking about with Mark Chanowski here in this episode. Kobe White and Jim Boylan. You know, they were really connecting before uh, Kobe White was drafted by the Bulls. And, you know, before he's starting with the team the way he is right now. You had that bond building with your head coach already or future head coach where Kobe White was at the time. And that kind of compares with Bobby Joe Hill and Don Haskins, you know, and it, it, it really just shows the, you know, the bulls are a team. People have always said in the media, aren't going to be getting the key free agents or the players anybody wants. But I think this kind of proves that they can just like any team in the NBA can. It doesn't matter if you're the Knicks, the Warriors, the Lakers, or even the Jazz. It doesn't matter what team you are guys, you know, at the end of the day, if a player fits with the team, you know, he likes the, t- the coach, the organization, he'll go there, wherever it fits him best, I believe, especially in the draft, free agency coming up. I feel like this scene really fits because Don Haskins could have picked any different player to, you know, give a scholarship to, make one of the key leaders of his uh, college team that, you know, made off the greatest upset in sports history, but he took, he trusted his gut. You saw the heart in Bobby Joe Hill and picked him. And I think that's what the Bulls did again with this pick. You know, when they made that trade for Butler a few years ago, they were able to get a good character, young player of the future, and Larry and bringing in Zach Levine, who matches up with Jim Boylan as well in terms of building that bond with your new head coach. And uh, Chris Dunn on the back, in the backcourt now who can be a backup if Kobe White wins a starting job long-term, I think is going to happen. But this scene really fits perfectly. You know, you look at the bond, a coach, and a player build, even before that player's there, you know, it's really important to the team and, you know, help Texas Western in that movie. And of course, yes, it is Hollywood. It's a movie, but you know, there's some things like that that can happen in real life. And I think that's going to happen with Kobe White. I think he's going to have a great career with the Chicago Bulls, Daniel Gafford as well. Good character guys. The Bulls just brought in the youngest team in the NBA, got even younger and more talented. And, uh, we're hoping they're going to add some good free agents and, uh, Yeah, that's my movie moment, guys. A real good basketball movie. doesn't matter what team you are. Uh, You put the right players together with the right coach, you can do anything. And I think that's the case for the Chicago Bulls uh, at this point in the rebuild. Moving into next year, they have a bright future here in the Windy City with this roster. That is all the time. We have an episode 37 of Will's fifth quarter special. Tune in next time as we're going to be doing a shortened Facebook Live special on Sunday night, uh, talking a little bit NBA free agency, breaking down the moves we see uh, during the video. I'll be breaking those down, reading what the reporters are coming out, all things Chicago Bulls free agency, what's going on in the division. We're going to talk all that. And we have a Bulls free agency special coming up next week with Alex Dolanar. So we're going to mention uh, what day next week that'll take place in this Facebook Live on Sunday. We want to thank NBC Sports Chicago's Mark Shanowski for taking the time to speak with us here on the show. Mark, we had you on the show last year. It was a it was a great pleasure and to have you on a second time is an honor. So we appreciate uh, your support of this show and, uh, you know, just keep up doing the great work with MC Sports Chicago, Mark. Uh, you're a great supporter of the show and we appreciate that. And guys, if you haven't heard uh, Bull, the Bulls Talk podcast, they do over there. Uh, Mark and his crew do a real good job, Will Purdue and uh, Kendall Gill. So definitely tune into that it's on iTunes podcasts and kind of like where our show is, but this show is real special uh, real more good Bulls talk if you like what you heard on this episode. And uh, definitely more to check out there as well. So definitely check out the Bulls talk podcast. But Mark Schinowski, we appreciate your time here on Will's fifth quarter special. It was a pleasure. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best moving forward in your career, reporting and broadcast. And we hope you enjoyed your time on the show. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farrell, along with NBC Sports Chicago's Bulls expert, Mark Schinowski, saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials. Go to WilliamDFarlow.com.
0: Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports. Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow. The fifth quarter never stops. Never stops. Never stops. Here on Will's fifth quarter special.